San Diego County can test approximately 1,200 people per day for the coronavirus. In recent days, the county's test capacity has ramped up, but it remains nowhere near able to test everyone for COVID-19. The science behind these tests is complicated. Combining that with the global demand for tests means that scarcity is the name of the game. Today is Tuesday, April 7th. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your Coronavirus Update, a special episode of your San Diego News Fix. Paul Sisson, you're the health writer for the Union-Tribune. You've been driving the coverage of the coronavirus pandemic in San Diego County. So over the weekend, you wrote a story about how testing in San Diego has changed drastically over the past couple weeks. Why don't you walk us through kind of the problems that the county had in the beginning and where we are now? Sure, no problem. Um, You know, in the beginning, obviously, uh, the test was very unavailable. Uh, There was only one test that had been approved by the FDA, and you had to get it directly from CDC in Atlanta. Um, CDC sent out a bunch of uh, what they call test kits to uh, public health organizations across the country. San Diego was kind of in that first group that, that qualified to receive the test materials um, and then it immediately became clear that one of the uh, chemicals that is used to perform the test uh, was not working correctly. So they had to uh, wait and uh, just go through a whole uh, situation of uh, quality testing to try to get the uh, what they call the reagents to uh, to pass their required their stringent requirements for quality. So, so you know, at first, uh, testing was very anemic in San Diego and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, you know, for for a long time, we were having to send everybody's uh, samples back to Atlanta for testing at the uh, uh, nation's uh, largest public health lab at the CDC, uh, and then we started gradually to uh, have our lo- our public health uh, uh, department here in town be able to do testing on their own. Uh, special equipment in the public health lab. Um, and that's been going for a, around a month, um, a little, little more than a month now. Uh, and so for a while, they were able to do no more than 120 uh, tests per day. That gradually increased at the public health lab. They got another uh, machine online that they can also use. Now they can do about 300 tests per day. Uh, meanwhile, all of the um, commercial labs like Quest Diagnostics, have uh, spun up their big machines that they use for testing, but but most of them are not lo- located here in San Diego, so uh, a lot of those tests end up being sent out uh, out of state to be run, uh, even if the samples are collected here. Uh, and then you have uh, a lot of different local health systems and hospitals uh, who have always run their own labs to test for various uh, viruses and bacteria. They have been able to spin up their uh, testing capacity in their own labs uh, right now. UCSD is leading the pack. They've got uh, what they told me last week was was a capacity of about uh, 600 per day. Uh, they have five going on six different testing platforms, and they're hoping to be up uh, somewhere north of a thousand tests per day within a couple weeks. So now that things have changed and the testing capacity in San Diego is much more robust. How does this change the public health strategy? Because it seems like in the first kind of week and a half, like just following like St. Patrick's Day, there was just this sense of we don't know how bad this is. 
But now it, it seems there's a little bit more confidence in kind of the, the spread and the scope of the disease. Why don't you explain how that changed? Yeah, you know, you think about testing as being a very personal uh, situation, and it certainly is. You have, uh, and with every test, you have a human being uh, who's trying to find out whether they have a deadly disease. And that tends to be, I think, what most people think of when they think of testing. Do I have something? Does my neighbor have something? Does my friend have something? Does my partner have something? Uh, but there is also a, a very important public health function to testing. Uh, that is the only thing that really allows the public health people to know how much of a disease there is in a given community. Uh, and we remain in a situation right now uh, that, that we have been in since the beginning where testing is not being offered to everybody who has a possible symptom. So you may have uh, fever and you may have cough, uh, but it might not be that bad. And so when you call your doctor and say, hey, doc, I'd like to get tested for coronavirus, I think I may have it. I have these symptoms. Uh, it is still the case to this day that if you don't have severe symptoms, severe enough to be hospitalized, or if you're not in what they call a special group, uh, high-risk groups, such as folks older than 65 or people who are first responders or, or healthcare workers, uh, you will not be tested. Uh, there's still not quite enough testing to go around to make that happen. Uh, so it puts us in a situation where the epidemiologists who are trying to track this outbreak really don't have as many data points as they should to understand what parts of a community it's in, how quickly it's spreading, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, so, so there is that public health um, goal uh, that would really be helped by just, if we could just test everybody who has a symptom very quickly, uh, what, the, what the public health uh, experts say is that would really help us uh, know where this thing is going and, and make better estimates in terms of how long we expect uh, this whole uh, thing to last and when we expect it to peak. Um, and, uh, you know, even if you don't have symptoms and don't know anybody who does, you're, you're likely uh, listening to this uh, from your home right now uh, where, where you've been, uh, you know, self-isolating for weeks on end. Uh, and you're, you're starting to wonder, when is this going to end? Um, but what the epidemiologists in town say, uh, Dr. Eric McDonald being one of them, uh, is, you know, if I could test everybody immediately, if I had the ability to test anybody with a symptom and, and get a result back in, in a day or even even a few hours, it would give uh, them a lot more confidence uh, uh, pulling back on some of these uh, more uh, widespread social distancing measures. Uh, if, you can, if you can know who to isolate and you can know quickly who's inf infected, it just it doesn't require as much isolation for the entire population. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're seeing nationally is that there's been like different approaches to testing and isolation and even some states haven't issued uh, stay-at-home orders so this kind of patchwork response in a sense takes the the you know duration of this pandemic and extends it because we're not having a collective we're doing this one thing to stop the spread that's right if you don't have a um, kind of a bright line that you know beyond which everyone is doing the same thing. If you have, like you say, this patchwork quilt of different responses, um, it, it becomes extremely difficult uh, for any individual place to um, know exactly what to do. Um, it feels in San Diego like we are certainly one of the communities in the nation that has taken this serious, uh, most seriously. Uh, you know, we, we declared an emergency uh, here before uh, 
had our first case. Um, and, uh, you know, we were pretty aggressive in terms of shutting down schools uh, and public gatherings. Uh, and so if and when we do, or I should say when, not if, uh, certainly we will be coming out of this at some point. Um, I just, I wonder how it's going to go in terms of our connections with other communities. Uh, are we going to allow people uh, in, say, Florida, which has not taken this as seriously, uh, to fly here? Uh, you know, are we going to allow people to come into the state from places with, that, that haven't uh, haven't been uh, isolated as long? I, I think there are a lot of open questions right now that nobody really has the answers to in terms of how we're going to come out of this how we will be able to uh, manage that risk when not everyone has been taking it to the same degree of seriousness from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's this kind of problem that we're all going to have to deal with in the coming weeks when, you know, curves do begin to flatten and the number of deaths do ultimately, you know, the cumulative amount doesn't, you know, continue to increase so much. But we're not quite at that point to have those conversations. Then there's always the risk of, if we do choose to break out of this early, there could be another wave. That's right. They've uh, they've seen that even in places like Singapore, they've taken it extremely seriously right from the get go, and have had uh, extremely good initial results in, in in reducing the number of cases. And then suddenly, a month later, they start to see a new spike. Uh, so this thing, uh, I, I, it seems like they just don't really quite know exactly how this, uh, this particular virus attacks the human immune system. And um, it feels like uh, they, they need to make a little more progress in, in how, uh, how this thing is initially fought off by the immune system and, and how it's able to somehow come back. Um, you know, some things like retroviruses, uh, you know, like uh, HIV uh, are known to establish a reservoir uh, in the body, and uh, it makes it very difficult to completely eliminate them. I don't know if that's remotely the case with this particular uh, virus, but uh, it is interesting to kind of think about what what's, what don't we really know yet about how this thing works. Mm -hmm. And going back to testing, do we expect to see further expanded capacity and more widespread testing in San Diego County, or are the resources just not there yet? Yeah, we do. UCSD is currently at 600 tests a day. Uh, they think they can get up over 15 or up to 1,500, uh, at least over 1,000 in the next couple of weeks. Um, I was I was at uh, the Sharps Main Lab uh, over on Copley Drive in Kearney Mesa on Friday, uh, and they have a big uh, Rocher machine there that they use for most of their viral testing. They can test uh, samples for uh, various different viruses side by side. And they said Rocher has just uh, committed to uh, uh, providing them with the supplies they need to do an additional 200 tests per day. Uh, Rady Children's Hospital said last week that they were at about 100 tests per day. They see in the next couple of weeks that their capacity will go up to about 800. Uh, so, you know, an eightfold increase there. Um, the county has been uh, working with, uh, with a biotechnology company that has a huge office here in San Diego called Hologic. Uh, they're working on an automated uh, testing system. They've ordered one uh, that would allow them to do more than a thousand tests per day. Uh, that's back order. They don't know when they'll actually receive it. Uh, then you've got uh, you've got Scripps Health here in town, one of our larger health systems. They uh, they managed to get a Hologic Panther 
testing system that's capable of over a thousand tests per day. Uh, the, the biggest holdback for everybody has been a shortage of supplies. Uh, they call them reagents. These are the various chemicals uh, that you need in order to do what they call uh, PCR testing. That's uh, polymerase chain reaction testing. Uh, this is an interesting uh, way of determining if a virus is present in a person. Uh, what they do is they, you know, you see now they do that uh, nose or throat swab with a uh, like a long Q-tip looking uh, thing, uh, and so they take a, a sample of your uh, of the secretions in your uh, they call your nasopharynx. Uh, that's where the uh, the virus tends to start shedding from when a person is infected, um, and then they they take that sample and uh, that, that has active virus in it, and they they have a special machine that can extract the uh, ribonucleic acid, the genetic code of that virus, uh, and then purify it and clean it, and, uh, and then they, they run it through uh, an amplification process where uh, there are certain enzymes uh, that are very effective in finding a specific target of unique um, genetic code from a given virus and replicating it many, 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 many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have what they call primers that come in and attach to those strings, and, and if they if they find a string that they can actually attach to, they uh, they release a little bit of fluorescent light. So the idea is that as you have millions of these things all releasing a tiny little bit of fluorescent light, uh, eventually you see enough light that you can see if it's positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so so you know the only reason I'm going through this uh, this level of detail is because you know you need the primer, you need the uh, you need the solution for separating out the RNA. Uh, you need the uh, enzymes for the uh, amplification step. Uh, you need, you know, so many different custom-designed molecules to do this testing. It's not like you just need something in a test tube. You need it's it's a it's it's a quite complex um, recipe that they're putting together when they do this testing. So so that's why the supply chain has really been holding things back here and everywhere. Uh, you know. Everybody wants these supplies everywhere in the world at the moment, and um, so it really has put a pinch on uh, on supply availability. So, so you know, people that I was talking to last week were all saying the same thing. Look, if we if the supply chain was working uh, as it usually does, we would we would have much much more testing already than we do. It's not that we can't do it. It's not that we don't have the equipment. We just need the supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like during this whole past month, we've been getting kind of a crash course in immunology and just how complicated this science really is and things that, you know, we take for granted don't really apply to this virus that has only been around for a couple months. And it kind of shows just how far we've kind of come in understanding disease. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, another really interesting thing that didn't make it into my Sunday story, and I I think I'm going to break it out at at some point to a separate story, uh, is the notion of uh, serology, uh, the uh, the ability to do a blood test for the presence of a a virus uh, or other pathogen. Um, And so, you know, that is uh, how many different um, viruses are detected. Basically, you can design a test uh, that will go in uh, and look at your blood and see if a specific antibody for a specific virus is present. Um, you know, that is what happens when your immune system fights something off. Uh, your white blood cells go out and uh, and attack it, 
and break off a chunk of it uh, called an antigen, usually on the surface of the of the virus, um, and take it back to the uh, to the uh, lymph nodes in your body and and order up a bunch more uh, custom designed um, white blood cell fighters that can then go out and attack that virus throughout your body. That's kind of, that's how your adaptive immune system marshals a response to a specific virus that it's never seen before, uh, and once it's done that, then, then there are lasting antibodies in your blood that can be, can be detected. And so this is thought to be a critical piece of getting everybody back to work because what it will allow us to do is to detect who has had this, uh, who has already been infected by this virus and gotten better. You know, most people are not getting tested, especially if they have minor symptoms. Uh, so, so until we get a good blood test that, uh, can let us see broadly, uh, who's been infected and who hasn't, it will be kind of an open question as to how much of this, uh, how much immunity there is uh, in the community. Yeah, that's something that was discussed kind of in the early stages of this whole pandemic of the idea of herd immunity of this virus, but, you know, that didn't work. So it seems like that idea was kind of shelved, but having that test and actually knowing who those asymptomatic, asymptomatic people actually were is really the key step for the next phase of, you know, us living in this pandemic? Oh, herd immunity is working right now. Herd immunity is just the idea that people get this and get well and don't, and then they, they're not going to transfer an infection uh, again if they encounter the same uh, virus. Um, you know, the, the thing is that it takes a while, especially if you're in a social distancing situation, social distancing situation like this where you're actively preventing social contact it's hard. It becomes a slower process for a large percentage of the community to become infected and get better again. So your herd immunity builds more slowly when you are significantly reducing uh, social contact. So, so eventually we'll get the herd immunity one way or the other, uh, hopefully through a vaccine. Uh, you know, but but uh, in the meantime, uh, what the uh, what the blood test allows us to do is uh, just see who's had it already. Um, what, uh, what Governor Newsom said over the weekend was that Stanford has come out with a, uh, a blood test uh, for COVID and that they're going to be moving forward with that pretty quickly. Uh, and people I was talking to last week were saying the same thing, that they expect a, uh, a blood test to be available in the next couple of weeks. So that should really uh, open up some horizons in terms of seeing how far this thing has actually spread in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we're only really having a, a tiny little glimpse into the true spread of this virus. And you need to use all these tools to kind of illuminate the full picture. Well, I'd love for anybody who has experienced uh, this virus in person, uh, who has uh, gone through a case, either mild or, or major, to uh, reach out to us. We're, uh, we're looking to tell as many stories as possible of people who have actually gone through this. Mm-hmm. Paul Sisson, thank you so much. Thank you. Now your coronavirus update. San Diego County reported an additional 12 deaths in the county today, making Tuesday the deadliest day so far. That brings the death toll to 31. Health officials warned that because they confirmed the cause of death in each case, there is a lag between the death and when the county announces new figures. The total case count is 1,454. Thomas Modley is out as acting Navy Secretary. 
His resignation comes after audio surfaced of him chastising the crew of the Theodore Roosevelt. That's the San Diego-based aircraft carrier whose captain wrote a letter warning that COVID was spreading on the ship and sailors could die. Because that letter got leaked, Navy officials said, Captain Brett Crozier was fired. That firing put Maudley under scrutiny. Oddly enough, which also involved a feud with President Theodore Roosevelt's great-grandson, Tweed Roosevelt, who penned a New York Times op-ed calling Crozier a hero. County officials have logged more than 400 complaints against workers who weren't wearing face coverings. The online complaint form was highlighted during Sunday's press briefing by County Supervisor Greg Cox, who said warnings are over when it comes to enforcing public health orders. Finally, one more thing. You're hearing San Diegans make a ruckus to celebrate healthcare workers who are helping save lives during the pandemic. This clip comes from downtown, and there are groups in other neighborhoods doing the same thing as well, usually around 8 p.m. Thanks to UT designer Greg Schmidt for the sound. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free, without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of the news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want it if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.